thank you all for participating and praying this week, fasting and praying, and we're right in the middle of it, and we're just going to keep getting it. Amen. Hallelujah. We have mm, a lot of victory. <laughs> a lot of victory. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for the opportunity to give tonight. We ask that you bless those, Father God, in the very way they need it the most. Thank you, Father, for this is good ground, and I thank you for that, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Yeah. Breakthrough fast. I said breakthrough fast. I said breakthrough fast. Oh, y'all are slow. Y'all running low on protein or something here. Lord, touch their brains tonight. Help them to get some juices flowing. Amen. I think we ought to extend it on out about 40 days. <laughs> Hallelujah. How many, have, how many are fasted for Jesus? Glory to God. Let's go ahead and turn to the book of Thessalonians again. Second Thessalonians. And let's stand again to honor the reading of the word of God tonight. And the Bible says, chapter 1, Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him, that you be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by spirit, nor by word, nor by letter as from us, as the day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he is as God, sitteth, sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Father, thank you for your word tonight. I'm asking you to grant us the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you. Holy Spirit, quicken us. Oh Lord, let this burn in our spirits, especially in the hour that we're living in. And Father, we pray tonight that you cause every word to come forth accurately and boldly as you would have it to come forth in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We say, Holy Spirit, we desperately need your touch. Need you, Lord God. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen. You can be seated. Amen. And so last week we were talking about this, and I wanted to come back into this again and, and uh, further further look a little bit deeper maybe and what the apostle Paul is telling us and I think it's important to understand 
you know, that the scripture is telling us here. And, and I think this is real important, you know, because I don't think any of we, could, we couldn't have put it in any, any better words concerning our day and our time. Listen to what he says. Now we beseech you, brethren, urge you by the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him. We should be looking for the return of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We should long for that. We should, we should look for it. We should want it. But there's a twofold thing here, not just looking for it as an escape mentality, and I hate that word. I never look at it as an escapism for myself. I never even think about it. I think the people who brought that up are the, are the ones that uh, want to get out of here like that. I want to see revival. I want to see strongholds broken and this generation set free by the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. To see the enemy's stronghold shattered and broken in the name of the Lord. And so listen to what he says here. He says, by the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. See, when we live in expectancy of his coming, it changes everything. I said, if we really think that Jesus is coming in the next hour or maybe he could be here in five minutes, if we're really believing that, ask yourself the question, what would I be doing right now? Would you have to go home and clean out anything? You wouldn't have time. <laughs> but think about that. He's telling us, this is the reason Paul says, he plants this thought in our mind and he says, look, I want you to live in such a state that the enemy can't persuade you of anything because you're looking for his return and you're not going to miss it. Somebody say, I'm not going to miss his return, his coming. Then in verse number two, that you be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled neither by spirit nor word by word nor by letter as from us as that the day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means. For that day, everybody say that day. For that day shall not come except there come a falling away first and the man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. Now I want to clarify this tonight because when we use this scripture, He's talking about the church already being raptured out of here. We're gone. But he's telling us at the same time, let no man deceive you. Jesus said that in Matthew 24. The apostle Paul says it in his other writings, and we see it in other epistles that we're warned not to relax our grip or be deceived by the adversary. Let no man deceive you, for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first, okay? A falling away first. So in order for the Antichrist to come on the scene, somebody said, is he alive? I think probably so. I think he probably is alive and well on the planet. You know, he could be AI. I have no idea what he is. He could be a, a human being or whatever he shows up as. But, but listen to me tonight because this is really important. Let no man deceive you by any means, for there that day shall not come except there come a falling away first, drifting away, relaxing your grip, because this is happening big time. And um, I, I want to deposit this in your heart because it's important that you do not drift. You know, conviction is an important thing. And so we want conviction in our heart to do right and not give in to evil or just to look at the trends of the time and say, well, hey, you know, uh, you know, we need to keep up with the times. We need to change, you know, we, you know, because we want to keep up with what's happening in the world. Well, you're not of the world. That's what Jesus said. You're not of the world. You're in the world, but not of the world. 
okay? All right, verse 4, we're talking about the Antichrist, okay, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God. And so that's one of the things that you see. What Satan desires more than anything else is to be worshipped. He wants to be God, but he'll never be God. He is a zero. He'll never be number one or two or three or four. He is absolutely defeated. This is important for us to grasp right here because Satan desires to be worshipped. He wants to take over. He wants to replace truth with a lie. Okay? And so let's look at verses, when we look at verses three to five tonight, there's a couple of things we talked about these last week. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except. Now this word deceive here is an interesting word because it means to seduce holy. To seduce holy. That means, man, the enemy is working on the church's mind 24-7. Amen. I believe everybody in here possibly because of internet and, and the churches that are on internet and you hear people preach and people teach and you see all kinds of things out there and when you see them say something, you question your faith sometimes. Am I too strict? My, maybe I'm too hard. Maybe, I don't, maybe we don't need to believe that. Maybe they're right and we're wrong. I'm going to tell you one thing. This is never wrong. This book is never wrong. And so when he's using this word to seduce holy, talking about beguiling, when he's talking about seducing holy, he's talking about absolute persuasion, seducing, alluring away, a seductiveness. It's like a harlot standing on the street corner, propositioning, seducing you to come into her, to receive that. That's what we call the whore of Babylon in Revelation. And so it's important to know this. He said, let no man seduce you, lure you away, let no man beguile you by any means, for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first, or let's say the apostasy. Everybody say apostasy. Apostasy. The abandonment or the renunciation of what you believe. Because there's a lot of people, listen, listen, if we went back in time to the book of Genesis, to the pre-Diluvian era, and saw where God destroyed these, these giants that were in the land, you remember the, the story? I know you've heard about it and, and so forth. If we were to go back in time, it's important for me to understand that these people left their post. These fallen angels left their post. They were assigned to watch over mankind. They left their first estate. It's the same thing for you and I. We have a post that we're supposed to stand at. Especially in leadership in church, we have a post that we stand at, and we're never to abandon that. Your post as a Christian is to be a defender of the faith. Amen? A keeper of the faith, to stand true to the word, to become more and more like Jesus. And so he's telling us, he said, except there come a falling away first, this apostasy, a falling away, a falling away. And it means to forsake, to fall away. It means a defection, to deny what you once believed. And so we need to really guard our hearts. And we're told this over and over again in Scripture. We really, in this hour, really need to pay attention to what we're listening to. Because, you know, even in the newscasters and, 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 and churches and, and everything that we see today, we see this antichrist spirit at work. He wants to be God. He wants to be in charge, okay? The falling away. He, can't, he cannot come. This antichrist cannot come. This individual cannot come. 
until the apostasy takes place, okay? It means to forsake something that you had, would have known what you were forsaking. You had to have known the way, okay? You had to have known the way. It's better not to have known the way than to turn from it. Somebody say amen, amen. And then secondly, he says, look, that day's not going to come, and, and you know, except that falling away comes because what this falling away does is it opens the door for the Antichrist to come in. But preceding that in the hour that we're living in, because that's where we're at right now, we're living at the threshold of this Antichrist stepping out on the stage of world history and being revealed. Boy, there's all kinds of speculation. I mean, you go on the Internet, and they'll tell you who the Antichrist is. They've been doing that for years and years. I can remember, my God, way back in the 70s when I got born again, they knew who the Antichrist was. But I'm going to tell you, nobody knows, but he will be revealed when the church is taken out of here. That's important. When you have a holy church, a godly church, a church that has faith, a church that has not abandoned her post, a church that understands we govern, we're the ecclesia, what we say goes, what we bind is bound, what we loose is loose. We're standing here and no demonic principality can take over as long as I'm here. Think about one just person before God. I want you to listen to this statement because this is important. It doesn't matter if there's one believer here that knows God and everybody else has backslid and abandoned the faith. The devil, the Antichrist, cannot come on the scene until that person leaves here. That's how powerful that you are in Christ Jesus. Amen. Put your hand on yourself and say, my God, I'm a powerful individual. I'm strong, hallelujah, through Christ, the son of the living God. Amen. And so... When he's speaking here about the debut of the Antichrist, I know one translation calls him a partner in crime with Satan, and that's true. Amen. It said he'll defy and then take over every so-called God or altar, having cleared the way of all opposition. He'll then set himself up in God's temple as God Almighty. See, that's what he wants. That is what he wants. And so in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse number 6, this is what Paul says. You'll also remember that I told you the Antichrist is being held back until just the right time. Now, that statement's important because, and listen to what I'm saying, the influence of the church. Everybody say the influence of the church. So that's why we need awakening, not, not just pocket revivals. Not just revival fires burning. Not just it hitting a university here and there. We need a nationwide fire. We need an outpouring of heaven. We need, we need God to show up and start raising the dead. Visible, verifiable miracles in the middle of the street. Your shadow getting on somebody in Walmart and them coming out of a wheelchair. You're talking about stirring up some stuff. See, but that's not going to happen until the church gets itself stirred up enough to believe that God really wants to release this kind of stuff. Say, I'm a powerful individual. And so Paul says, look, you're living in the midst of this. Don't be soon shaken in mind or troubled in spirit or by word or, or a word from us or a letter that you've received or anything you see on television or see on the Internet or nothing else. This day is not going to the end. It's not going to come. The Antichrist is not coming until you're gone. The own fire, the blood bought, the word people. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. Amen. He cannot come. He cannot come until... But what the enemy wants to do, and you think about this, because statistically right now, the church is a lot weaker than she was 
when you look at it for face value because there are struggles going on right now in major denominations. There are struggles that are going on right now whether to allow the LGBTQ to come in and be a part of leadership. Oh, we're talking about Pentecostals. Amen. Talking about Pentecostals. And so we need a Pentecostal distinctive in our, in our lives. You're right, they, they're getting plenty crossed. And it's amazing. No, we're talking about hierarchy leadership that's struggling with the fact, you know, can, you know, well, you know, shall I let them come in? Can I let them minister behind the pulpit? Can I let them take communion? You know, should I let them teach a class? Should I let them do all of these things? See, that's what the Spirit is up to. Amen. Now I want you to think. Because it's important right here what he's talking about. Because that spirit, there's people that sit in churches, listen to me, that, are, that, that think that hierarchy leadership in denominations is God. Amen. I've seen people didn't know the Holy Ghost. He showed up and he could have showed up in a purple polka dotted suit. And some slick-tongued individual had no anointing and could be able to seduce them in their soul and cause them to fall out on the floor, jump around, spit, speak in tongues, and do all kinds of things. I've seen it. I know Brother Hughes has seen it. And that's a religious devil. Somebody said that's a religious devil. We've got to have discernment to know the difference. And so it's important because good-meaning people that sit in churches Sunday after Sunday that pay their tithe, sing in the choir, and have their kids going to the Sunday schools right now are sitting under that hierarchy and that kind of leadership in major denominations. And this spirit, and it's an antichrist spirit, this spirit is beginning to pervade congregations. And many of them will follow the new trend. Somebody say it's the woke church. That's exactly what it is if you're going to term it. So Paul says, you remember that when I was with you, the Antichrist is being held back until just the right time. So there's going to come a time when that horn's going to blow. We're going to be out of here. God is waiting. When we say just the right time, there's two things that are going on here. The right time is when, the, is when every soul has been brought into the kingdom that God is waiting on to come in. You're praying for somebody. I'm praying for somebody. And I don't want my Jesus to come until that person is born again, saved by the blood, delivered by the power of Almighty God. Amen. I don't have a right to come to church and just sit here. I'm just, I'm just telling I have a right to come to church and sit. That's not our job to be pew warmers. Our job is to be out in the harvest and be voices and speaking the word of God, crying and weeping over souls. Wanting to see them delivered by the power of God. You know, because this is one of the things that we do, we're in, we, we suffer from intimidation because lots of times we don't know what to say. Just say what God's word says. In love. Amen. That's all it takes. Fast and pray. Fast and pray. Listen to what he says in verse number seven. Okay? Because he's talking, see, that doesn't mean the spirit of iniquity is not already at work. And so he said, look, he's being held back for just the right time, just the right time. The second fold thing would be that when, when everybody has relaxed their grip, high-fiving each other and just standing around saying, praise God, we got it made, man. Hallelujah. Look, we're one. Remember, God wants us to be one. We're one of the LGBTQ. We're one of the transgenders. We're, we're, we're one. That's what God wants out of us is unity. See, that's blind stupidity. 
He's talking about Jew and Gentile, my friend. He's not even talking about Baptist, Presbyterian, Methodist, and those things. He's talking about the Jew and the Gentile becoming one flesh. Amen. And yes, he does want us to be in unity and harmony together, but you can't be joined to a harlot. You can't be joined to sin. Okay? Now listen. So this spirit of iniquity that he's talking about here, he says this spirit is already at work. The spirit of iniquity, secretly and underground. I want to read to you 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse number 9. We'll start reading from there. Even him, talking about the Antichrist, whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish because they receive not the love of the truth. Let me stop right there. Why do people get leagued up with the Antichrist spirit? Because they receive not the love of the truth. Why are people left behind in the rapture? Because they received not the love of the truth that they might be saved. You don't start out loving Jesus and then leave him at some point in time. You got to endure until the end. The Bible says you got to stay with God. You got you to hang in there. Amen. You got to remain. You got to remain and stay. This is important because there, this this. This doctrine that's out there and this progressive Christianity wants you to believe that you can do anything you want to, live in the way you want to, and, uh, you know, that you'll survive and you're going to make it. That is not what the Bible teaches. And we'll get into this here in a second. Listen. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned who believe not the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. See, isn't it amazing, you think right now, that there is a vast movement of people that have been brainwashed by universities that started out being Christ-centered and with Christ's foundation in them. Princeton, Harvard, Yale. I'm going to go on a little further. We We have Pentecostal universities right now that are falling into the same traps. We're in the dangerous time. My God, I remember back in the 1980s when we traveled to Charlotte, the East Coast Bible College, they had a homosexual cook. They had to get rid of him. They had people involved in homosexuality. They had to kick them off the campuses because people creep in unawares. That was in the 80s. And so where are we right now? Somebody say, where are we at right now? Listen to me. Listen to me. And so this spirit of Antichrist we understand it a little bit more when we look at John's right. I want to go into this scripture here in 1 John chapter number 2. John is writing in verse number 18, 1 John chapter 2, verse 18. Little children, it is the last time. This word time here is hurrah. And it means uh, a, a, a secure time. It is like a, uh, a marked time, a secure time. It's different from kairos, also a season of time. He's talking about the Antichrist. In the last time, everybody say in the last time. In the last time, and this word is eschatos. He's talking about the final end, the end of the end, the last of the last is what he's talking about. And you have heard that Antichrist shall come even now. Now listen, this is John talking 2,000 years ago. Even now are there many Antichrists whereby we know that it is the last time. See, he was identifying to the church even then. He said, look, he said, by all appearances, what I'm seeing here is we're at eschatos. We're at the last of the last and the final end of time. That's what he believed and thought in his day. 
And here we are 2,000 years later. Now listen to me. They went out from us. That's a hard scripture. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would not, no doubt have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. Man, that's an important scripture. You know, the Apostle Paul in his writings, he said a statement. He made this in his statement and it is in the uh, message translation. He says, he said, I've come to find out that not all believers are believers. There are people that are plants in churches, people that creep in unawares, people that have no love for the truth. Somebody say amen. But it's important for me also to understand, I do never want to be in that category. Could you get in that category? Yes, you can get in that category. You want to guard yourself. You want to make sure when the, I believe Satan is working overtime now more than any other time that he ever has because of everything that has been released in the world and things that we see in the world through the woke movement, through all that agenda, you know, the LGBTQ, the, 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 the BLM, the CRT, et cetera, et cetera, all the things that are out there. The, and, and it all boils down to this one thing. Everybody say lawlessness. It means without law, without God's word without the law. And so when you have people that love not the truth or don't want any law, anything goes. You have congressmen or senators having uh, men, and men, to men with men having sex in the Capitol building. That's what you have. And it's on national television. They filmed it. For God's sake, what's wrong with our nation? And nobody disciplined and fired them on his spot? See, what does that tell you? We have a lot of wickedness and a lot of evil that's going on right now. We see God shaking everything that can be shaken so that only the things that cannot be shaken are going to remain. So they went out from us, he said. Listen, they went out that they might be made manifest. Verse 22, who is a liar but he that denieth Jesus is the Christ. That's more than you carrying a sign around saying, I deny Jesus. You deny him right here. Lifestyle. If your lifestyle doesn't measure up with the Christ of the Bible, you're a liar. That's powerful. Here we are. We're, we're people. We want to say, oh, God, have mercy on them. Have mercy on them. This is why truth is so important. And my heart breaks for people that are in, under this confusion and under this darkness and under this sway of these spirits in the land, and they have no understanding what they're up against. Unless we pray for light to come into them. God, let light shine upon them. God, bring them to their senses in the name of Jesus. Lord, turn their hearts around. Amen. Who is a liar but he that denied Jesus the Christ? He is antichrist that denieth the Father and the Son. Did you hear that? That's what an antichrist spirit is. Denies the Father, denies the Son. How do I deny the Father? How do I deny the Son? because I don't believe this. Just to sum it up right here. If I don't, my life is not lining up with the word. If I'm living some lifestyle that is apart from what this Bible tells me, see, I am, epistle, I am an epistle written and read of all men. I am a reflection of who he is. If my life is putting off anything except what Christ is and Christ teaches, I am a liar. You are a liar. 
And so this is what Paul is talking about here. He's, and John is talking about in this scripture. Listen to what he goes on to say. Whoever denies the Son, the same has not the Father, but he that acknowledgeth the Son hath the Father also. Let that therefore abide in you, which you have heard from the beginning. If that which you have heard from the beginning shall remain in you, you also shall continue in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that he hath promised, even eternal life. These things have I written unto you concerning them that seduce you. Amen. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, I wouldn't go to any church that doesn't accept everybody. Now, you know, we welcome anybody who wants to come through the door. They're welcome to come. They're welcome to come. Because I'm going to preach the gospel, and my aim is to get them born again. Backsliders, these people that are in this darkness and everything else, and we're, that's what we're fasting for right now, breakthrough. Amen. Crying out to God, God, draw them like a mighty magnet. But for, I understand the power of a holy life. I've got to cut loose from every, every I've got to cut everything loose from me. I've got to live a circumcised life. I can't have any stain of the world on me to be the powerful individual that God wants me to be. I can't send out different signals to people. You can't be in one crowd and talk one language and one crowd and talk another. You have to be the same. You have to be like Jesus. Somebody say amen. And so it's important for me to understand that that. My prayers are only as as powerful as my faith walk is in Christ and becoming like him. Yes. Amen? Amen? This is so important, what he's talking about. So he says, and this is the promise that he had promised us, even eternal life. He says this, if you, if you have the son, if you have the father, if he remains in you, Jesus did a whole discourse on that thing. If you're in me and I in you and you're in the father and so forth. He says you can ask what you want to and God your father will do it for you. There are reasons we are not seeing the breakthrough that we want to see. That is because we need circumcision. What I watch, what I listen to, what I allow in this temple. See, this, you know, this stuff right here is rough now because people don't like to hear this. But it's true. My body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. I can't pour booze and drugs in it. I can't let it get joined to a harlot. I can't, I can't sit down in front of a TV and let it pour filth in me. I can't, I can't listen to music that seduces me and tries to and cause lust in me. I can't Listen, there's a lot of things there that if you measure them to the word, we need to cast them aside. Say, so you know, I have no part of that. Number one, WWJD, what would Jesus do? What would Jesus do? And he's telling us, he says, for this spirit of iniquity is already at work. Already at work. And so I read you this definition Last week, because iniquity, you know, the definition of it sometimes, I think we need to, to, to really say what this is at work in the world in which we're living. It is a violation of the law, God's law. Violation of the law. Everybody say a violation of the law. It is unrighteousness. It's a transgression of the law. And so it is the condition of being without the law of God, ignorant of it. Everybody say ignorant of it. Because of violating it. Listen, all right? 
The International Standard Bible, and I read this last week, has a really great def definition of this. It said, you know, that uh, it defines iniquity. It says, out of the 11 words translated iniquity that are found in the Old Covenant, by far the most common and important is the word ewan. And it's used about 215 times in the Scripture. And he says, etymologically, it is customary to explain it as meaning literally crookedness or perverseness. Evil regarded as that which is not straight or upright. Moral distortion from the word awa, meaning to bend, to make crooked or pervert. And my God, we see that big time right now in the world in which we're living. Amen. I'm like, how can people in major denominations come up with some of these decisions and follow after a spirit like this. Somebody doesn't know the word. I said, somebody doesn't know the word. Amen. So I said, somebody doesn't know the word. I'm going to say that again. Evil regarded as that which is not straight, upright, or moral. It is moral distortion to bend to make crooked. So we can see this spirit of iniquity at work today through the woke agenda, critical race theory, LGBTQ, IE, XYZ, transgenderism. Who would ever thought that they would be able to take our children, take our children, your kid? my kids, little children, and give them counseling and have surgery done to change their sex. And you have no power of it. I say, like hell, you're going to find out something. You're going to wake something up you don't want to wake up. These cities might be dumb, but some people got a brain. I wouldn't let no pervert come and lay hands on my kid. Amen. And some of these perverts need to be ran out of those schools with a horse whip. Amen. I'm say that again. I don't care how you like it. It's important. Listen, listen. Woke agenda, LGBTQ transgender, defund the police. That's just lawlessness. Defund the police, perversion and immorality in every level of education. Think about it. My God. See, it all has to do with lawlessness. The Antichrist is called the lawless one without the law, okay? So possibly one of the greatest deceptions today is found in Christendom. We talked about this last week, and that is the movement known as progressive Christianity. And I'm not going to take the time to go into a bunch of depth in that tonight. You know, we did last week. We touched on it some. But it, it's important, you know, that to understand that what progressive Christianity wants to do is they seek to reinterpret the Bible by redefining all the core tenets of faith. Amen? So if a, if a denomination or people or a church has tenets of faith, and those tenets of faith are very clear and tell you what the foundation is, who in the world is anybody to deviate from the Scripture? I'm going to tell you who they are. The Antichrist. They're of the devil. They're, they're deceivers. They're people that go out and work through the spirit of iniquity. This is so important. Oh, God, help me here. Listen. 
And so listen to what Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter number 14, verse 10. He said, he said, there are many voices in the world. You got to get this. So the, in the Greek, it would say the signification meaning this, conveying of a meaning. And so I thought it really interesting when I was reading that scripture and, and, and went you know, to the word there that's talking about many, many voices in the world, that that word voices, there's the word genos. Now listen. So this word genos really means kind, kindred, offspring, talking about nationality, descent from a particular people. Everybody say we come from the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He's talking about, it, it also, the Greek goes on to say the aggregate of many individuals. You know, it's like when you come in the front doors out there, that's aggregate, that's aggregate concrete, all those little stones that are poured in it, okay? And so he's talking about an aggregate of many individuals of the same nature, the kind or sort, okay? And so one of the root words of this word is genomai, uh, and it means... Uh, to become or to come into being, all right? To become or come into being. It means to arise, to become, or that is to say, to come into existence, to begin to be, to receive into being, to become. To arise, listen to this, to appear in history. Come up on the stage of man appearing in public. Hmm. Like in Acts chapter number 13, the same word is used in verse number 26, the word stock of Abraham. How do you identify as a stock of Abraham? Because you believe that Abraham is the father of faith. There's a certain creed that goes with that. And then in Acts 17, 29, we are called the offspring of God. And then in 1 Peter 2, 9, we are a chosen generation. How do we get to be a chosen generated? Because we were generated by God. Okay. Now listen, so what I'm getting at is that uh, for false doctrine to exist, there had to be a denial of truth first, okay? So the, the, the false doctrine is a distortion, a perverting, a twisting, and a bending of truth, all right? This is why fathers are so important. Mm. See, fathers of the faith, true sons of God, men that have been proven over the years and preach inerrantly, preach the incorruptible word of God, they're very important. People that have studied to show themselves approved unto God, a workman that needs not to be ashamed. Men that do not simply quote what somebody else said without first measuring it by the truth. It's what I'm saying true. Progressive Christianity has stemmed from those who hold the truth in error, mm. in the church, in the world. So if there's no absolute, speaking about the truth of the word, if there's no absolute to look to, no true standard of measuring, then anything is okay. Your truth, my truth, whatever's fine of you is fine of me, whatever goes, that's all right, praise God. Mm -hmm. See, this is why the scripture tells us to measure everything. All right? Now listen. So keep in mind the scripture is the absolute truth of God. Think about this. All right? Why is that important? Because God is omnipotent. He's all-powerful. God is omnipresent. He's everywhere. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. 
He never changes. Somebody say amen. And he's omnipresent. He's omniscient. He's all-knowing. He knows everything. Amen. So he is the only one who was, is, and is to come. So if there is no sense of understanding that God is absolute truth, then these people that have chosen to believe a lie and are in the condition that that's what has produced the woke movement right here. That's what's produced this lawlessness in the land, okay? Because if there's no sense of absolutes, then you have nothing to navigate with. You don't have anything to plan a trip with. Amen? You, you, couldn't sur- you can't survive without truth. It's impossible. Amen? I mean, you think most people now, you think just for a minute, you know, that most people wouldn't even know how to make a trip if they had, a, if they had to give them a map because we just tell the GPS to do it. And then on top of that, we get taken to some wild, stupid places sometimes because GPS sometimes does not know what to do. Amen? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think the GPS got PMS. <laughs> That's what I think happened to it. So if you just think about, if you remove the foundation from your house, it will fall quickly. So the spirit of anarchy, the spirit of antichrist, same thing, spirit of antichrist, working through this spirit of iniquity, bending and twisting and perverting the truth, is seeking to destroy the foundation that the world has been laid on. My God. So that lie goes all the way back to the Garden of Eden. Yea, has God said. Same thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, dear Jesus. Listen to me. Listen to this. Okay, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23 and 25. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible seed by the word of God that lives and abides forever. Verse 24, for all flesh is as grass and all the glory of man is the flower of the grass. The grass withereth and the flower thereof fades away. But the word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the word by which the gospel is preached to you. Christians who do not hold a firm grip on foundational truth are being seduced to follow the distortion, the twisting, and the perverting. Mm. I got to leave you this right here. So while many denominations hold to the absolutes or biblical doctrine, biblical truth, they hold to that. Why? Because it governs our faith. If I don't have the word, I have nothing to govern me. Nothing to govern me. Listen to what I'm going to tell you. Listen to this. So while denominations are holding to this biblical truth to govern faith, the progressive movement believes differently. That's why we got to take reach deep into the foundation. See, I'm trying to get this in me just like I'm trying to get it in you. I got to reach deep. That's what God told me in that vision. Reach deep. Reach deep. And my God, I can tell you right now, you ain't seen nothing yet as far as the world goes. But you ain't seen nothing else as far as the church goes either because the true church is rising. God is going to honor the blood-bought, spirit-taught, word-walking, spirit-talking people of God. 
And there's going to be a distinction. You're going to know the people that are goats and you're going to know the people that are sheep. Amen. It's going to be made really clear. So the guarding of biblical doctrine and truth has always been a high priority in the church. And it should be now. So in order to protect the church from error, creeds were often adopted, such as the Nicene Creed, adopted to resolve the Arian controversy. See, Arian theology is like the JWs. JWs believe this junk. Theology holds that Jesus Christ is the Son of God who is begotten by God the Father with the difference that the Son of God did not always exist. He's not co-eternal is what they're saying with the Father. Jesus always existed. He's always existed. But they say, but was begotten or made before time by God the Father. Therefore, Jesus was not co-eternal with God the Father, but nonetheless, Jesus began to exist outside time as time applies only to the creations of God. So Arianism, according to the Greek, is a Christological doctrine considered heretical by mainstream branches of Christianity. Somebody say hallelujah. It is first <laughs> attributed to Arius, a Christian presbyter who preached and studied in Alexander in Egypt. Mm. So the purpose of a creed is to provide a doctrinal statement of correct belief among Christians amid controversy. That's why you have the Apostles' Creed. It's because that's what these gospels or these epistles are written about because so many people were heretical or in error and pe preaching false doctrine and false prophets were, were there. And Jesus said, what, concerning the last days? For there shall be many, what? False prophets among you. False teachers among you. Paul nails this. They all nail it. They, they, they talk about it so much in the Scripture. Man, it, this is so important. So the creeds of Christianity that have been drawn up were drawn up in times of conflict. And if you don't understand this, this is the time of conflict because if you have people that don't believe in biblical inspiration and that the Bible is not inspired or, or the authoritative Word of God, that's progressive Christianity. Or original sin, they teach that sin isn't what separates us from God but our own shame that we have in us. They teach that the deity of Jesus is looked at as a concept of someone who is designated as both human and divine, and we can follow his example by finding the divine, with, the divine within us. Somebody look at somebody and say, you'll never be God. You're not going to become God. You won't evolve into God. That's what your morons believe. And your JWs are fuzzy too. They're flaky, 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 flaky. You're flaky. Marriage relationships. <laughs> they believe in transgenderism and a rejection of, of cisgender norms. In other words, they don't care if you have a wife and that wife is a man. And they don't care if you have a wife that's a woman and also have a man that's there too. Heaven and hell, forget about it. Everybody's going to heaven, all right? So I want you to listen. You know, this is what we talked about last week about being willfully ignorant, and that is so dangerous, and, and I'm getting ready to close. We'll close with this. Those that are willfully ignorant who will themselves not to come to church, who will themselves not to read the Bible, who will themselves not to seek the face of God, to seek after truth, all right?
Listen to Paul's admonition to the Corinthian church in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse number 33. Do not be so deceived and misled, led astray. Evil communications, evil companionships, evil associations corrupt and deprave good manners and moral character. Awake from your drunken stupor and return to sober sense and your right minds and sin no more. So this word evil communications corrupts good manners is really informative because Paul is saying here that evil communications, homilia in the Greek, companions, the root word here means crowds associating together with the multitude. It's wokeism. Somebody say wokeism. Because when you get into college or university, you join the masses in the street because they tell you that they're marching for something good. Then what's happening to you is you're being drawn away and seduced and don't even know it. Think about the myriads of Christians that just went out there. They had people that they asked, why are you out here marching against, you know, why are you saying, you know, uh, from the river to the sea, you know, let's, let's support Palestine. Why are you doing this? They said, uh, well, I don't know. We just thought it was something good to do. Why do you hate Israel? We, we don't know. We say everybody else is doing it. We just thought we'd do it too. This is what he's talking about. We're in the middle of it right now. So when he is telling us evil communication, he said, look, you get out of that crowd you're hanging around with, get away from that bunch of idiots in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. For verse number 35, for some of you have not the knowledge of God, you are utterly and wearfully and disgracefully ignorant and continue to be so, lacking the sense of God's presence and all true knowledge of him. I say this to your shame. This is Paul talking to the church. Did you hear that? For some of you have not the knowledge of God. He's telling us, you're this deep. He said, you're this deep, and you're out there hanging around people that are full of the devil, full of the Antichrist spirit. They're in anarchy. They're in lawlessness. And he said, if you knew anything about God, then you would know that you should be law-abiding, word-abiding, obedient to God. Jesus wouldn't be out there marching in that mess. Amen. And so this is, my God, this is powerful. So this is something addressed throughout the Gospels. Jesus addressed it. Paul addresses it. John addresses it. And he says, listen, he said, those who do not want to worship God or honor God or honor or practice faith, what's going to, what they're doing is that the time is going to come that when the Antichrist is, is coming on the scene because of people just like that, that spirit is already here. That spirit is opening the door. Only the church can close the door. Only the church can close the door. And uh, I'm closing now, but there was a man today that gave a testimony on television. Deborah called me in there, and I, and I happened to, uh, to see this fellow. He was pastoring a large church in, uh, was it, it was uh, Hawaii, pastoring a large church. God spoke to him and said, I want you to go start churches. Why did he want him to go start churches? Because he, he understood, he said he literally hated it. He got to thinking about, man, I got thousands of people I'm ministering to, and you're telling me to go start churches in a storefront somewhere with 10 or 15 people. But he said, God said, I want you to start as many as you can start. Why? Because everywhere that that seed is planted, where churches spring up, righteousness springs up. 
That's the way that you begin to crush the works of darkness is by going and planting the seed of righteousness. Amen? Glory to God. Our major cities need that. (laughs) My God, they need it. I mean, can you imagine going into Chicago where they have so many entire businesses, I mean, street blocks and blocks and blocks of places where used to be thriving or nothing to go in there and start starting churches everywhere? Some people are doing this stuff. And I think that that is so important because they have the revelation. See, Islam does that. Islam does it. What do you mean? They come into a neighborhood like on 58 and they start their little thing and the next thing you know, they got a couple of hundred that have been deceived because of that spirit. That means I hate them. No, I don't hate them. They're deceived. They need Christ. But see, we're living in a time. See, this is why this fast is important. This is why our prayers are important. This is by, so you understand that you get up and when you breathe out a prayer and ask God for revival and God to bring the prodigals home. God bring the prodigals home. God, move on our young people. Move on every child. Baptize them in the Holy Ghost and fire. Lord, I pray that you release the supernatural in this place. And let's go ahead and stand together. Release the supernatural power of God. Lord, I pray that you will so settle on us and in us that, Father, that our shadow, Father God, would just, Lord, through through being soaked in your presence, Father God, will raise the dead, that will open the blinded eye, that the lame will walk and the dumb will talk. Father, people being delivered. Father, we ask tonight in Jesus' name, only you, God, only you in us, through us, we ask you to fill us up and overflow us. Give us breakthrough, breakthrough, Father. Breakthrough, breakthrough, Lord. Breakthrough in every area. Father, we need that because the world cannot change without preachers. And they can't preach unless they've been sent, you said. And so, Father, we pray that, God, that you will give us a voice to reach the masses, to see them touched and changed. Deliver people from deception, seduction, lies, the Antichrist spirit. Father, we're not trying to be hard-fisted. We're warning people, Father God, and admonishing them, Father, that they need to pick up the Word of God and read it themselves and not be sucked into some delusion and lie. And I pray, God in heaven, that, Lord, if there are people that are listening to this live stream, that it'll fasten into their spirit like barbed wire. God, that it'll be like liquid fire. Father, that it'll sever every devil from their lives and that they will be set free by the power of Jesus' name. Oh, God, help us, Father. Hey, help us, God. Help us, God. Give us a burden for it, Lord. Move through us, Holy Spirit. We don't have time to wait. We need access now. And Father, we thank you that you've made that for us, God. Have your way, O Lord. Thank you, Lord. Ramba se felele labo isha pakohura makasekere e konste brasta fombonda la makasa. We thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Mm.
For when they came out of the upper room, <laughs> yea, says the Lord, they were bold as lions, speaking the truth. And just because the enemy rose his ugly head, they did not shriek back or allow intimidation to rule their lives, but they stood. <laughs> and yea, thousands were swept into my kingdom. So I say unto you, be my voice. Be my voice. Speak my word. Oh, be light in the darkness. Go, says the Lord. Go, 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 says the Lord. Be not afraid of them, but set your heart up on me because I go before you. I am with you. I said I'd never leave you, never forsake you. You've asked me for miracles. You've asked me for signs and wonders. And I'm telling you, you've got a testimony in your mouth, a word that I have saved you. Go share it. And you watch me confirm the word with signs following. Oh, I say to you, you don't have to ask for it. You just need to go do it and receive it, says the Spirit of God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Mm. Let your fire fall, Lord. My God. Mm -hmm. Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I want to share this with you, you know, and then we're leaving. But, you know, Deborah's belongs to a group. It's called the Prodigals, I think is the name of it. And it's where people have had their, their children just left, just left home. Some of them for gay lifestyles and all a lot of them. And, and you know, men left, they were in ministers' homes. They were, some of them were they been in church for years, then all of a sudden they just got up and left home, just left. Some of the parents said I hadn't heard out, nothing out of them in two years, four years, eight years. I mean, these people are broken. And so beginning of our fast, I said, tell them, I said, we're going to need to fast. And so yesterday there was something like, it's in his 70s of people. 85 plus had got in on the fast. Uh, and, and we're believing God to shove this LGBT thing down the devil's throat so far that he'll vomit. Those people are coming out. They're coming out of those lifestyles. They're coming out in Jesus' name. They're coming out of that. Because you know what? God binds up the broken heart. God gives, has the last word. He gives the victory. And we're going to see those people delivered by the power of God in Jesus' name. Those prodigals are coming home. They're coming home. It's time for the church to start winning. It's time for us to start winning. So on every opportunity, every case you have, go out there and share the good news. Tell, tell everybody you can think. You never know who you're talking to. You might think they don't need it. Just tell them anyway because they're probably the ones that need it the most. Amen. 
Well, may the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May lift his countenance to you, be gracious to you, and may grant you peace in Jesus' name. Tomorrow evening will be our last prayer meeting for the fast. We'll be here at 6 to 730. So pray, and I'll see you.